Coming up on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. I still have a file with all the scripts that we used back in the 1990s. And some of those scripts, like when you read them now, you say to yourself, there's no possible way on earth. Like if I did this now, I would not only be cancelled, I'd actually be jailed. <laughs> Gay people were fair game. I mean, okay. you know, sex workers were fair game. Women were fair game. There was a topic we did. Is it all right for a woman to drink a pint out of a pint glass? And no, no, absolutely not. What sort of woman would do that? I wouldn't be dead. <laughs> Yes, you might remember a time in the 1990s on Irish radio, I certainly do, when the phone-in shows, in inverted commas, were everywhere. Lots of radio stations, particularly in Dublin, had a late-night talk show where callers phoned in and they expressed their opinions, to put it mildly, about all sorts of topics. There were crazy callers, massive bust-ups between two or more callers, fights between the, the presenter and the callers. It was like Joe Duffy meets Duffy's Circus, and it was incredibly entertaining, and I suppose that was in the background as well of... You know, the American TV shows that were huge at the time, Jerry Springer um, and all that sort of stuff. And even Jeremy Kyle was, 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 was beginning as well at around that time. But one of the most talented broadcasters behind that genre of radio, and in, in a way it's not even that genre of radio because it's slightly more considered, is my special guest on this episode, Niall Boylan. Niall was at the forefront of late night talk radio back then. And he was, he's been central to its evolution and success right up to today. He is the host of the Niall Boylan Show and Late Night Live on Classic Hits Radio. And as you heard in the opening clip, he has seen the format change and evolve to reflect the change in Ireland's society, social norms and indeed diversity. Actually, he's been a driver of that evolution. So we have a fascinating chat about all of that. As you can imagine, as a radio person myself, um, I found it very easy, to, easy and interesting to talk to Niall. But Niall himself has had the most... Oh my God, eventful life you can imagine. Um, it was something I was unaware of. Um, it's, <laughs> listen, we talk about it and we get into all of that too. And he went, Noel, can you come down here for a minute, please? Shouted upstairs so I come down, you know. Yeah, sit down there for a minute. Um, something to tell you. Um, you're not my child. And that's the way it was put to me. Hmm. And I went, uh, what do you mean? He said, you're adopted. Right. You can go back up to bed now. <laughs> like, for example, if somebody says to me, you know, I'm transgender. I said, that's fine. What do you want me to call you? Call me Sarah. Okay, I'll call you Sarah. I'll call you her. I'll respect you. That's fine. But I don't have to believe it. Mm-hmm. She lived around the corner in Rohini. She mm. lived not too, about a mile away from where I was raised. Mm. She was a year younger than me. We went to the same places. Oh. She had mutual friends. Oh, she went to Tamango on a regular basis where yeah. I was the DJ. Yeah. I could have ended up with her. <gasps> do you understand yeah, what I'm saying? How yeah. small the world yeah. is and how small Ireland is. Yeah. I could have ended up with her. Extraordinary. Could you imagine dating your own bloody sister? Joan, you're in Dublin West. How are you doing, Joan? You're Hi, Niall. Hi, Joan. I love the show. I'm glad. Brilliant. And um, can I just say that I've been on OnlyFans now for three years. Have you? Yes. Are you making any money? No. Do you owe the money? Yes. <laughs> I can imagine, yes. You do not want to miss this one, folks. If you've been enjoying this podcast series, please get involved and help us reach more people who might also enjoy it. Share it with a friend, send them the link to the show, or just tell them to go look for it on Apple or Spotify. Subscribe or follow, please. Or even get up on the roof of your house and start shouting about us. I don't mind. Okay, maybe just stick with the first two. 
but whatever you can do to help spread the word is much appreciated. My tip is just tell one other person. Actually, I've met two other people in the last week who've told me, Mario, I told one other person as you instructed. So thank you very much for that. You can also contact me directly, mariorosenstock at gmail.com. I read them all and I get back to as many as I can every week. And the ones I don't get back to, I put them on my longer list. So this is usually the place where we play you the brand new and exclusive comedy sketch. But this week, Niall Boylan, Boylan plays a starring role in the comedy sketch. So we thought we'd let you get to know Niall Boylan first in his own inimitable style uh, and how he does his radio show. And then you can hear the sketch towards the end of the episode. It's not a cunning plan that we have to get you listening longer just so you can um, listen to the comedy sketch at the end. It's just a matter of placing it uh, towards towards the end because it, w- it would be better if you listened to Niall first. So be sure to stick around to the very end. It'll be worth it. We had great crack doing it. And by the way, we did it in one take. There was no script. It was off the cuff. I just gave him a list of names and off he went, which shows you what a capable and competent performer he is. Um, so let's get straight to my chat with Niall. And we start with a little trip down memory lane to the late-night talk shows of the 1990s. Well, for 12 years, it's actually 12 years today, I've been working on Ireland's Classic Hits, but before that, I worked in 98 FM, I worked at FM 104. I started off initially, actually, just as a roving reporter for the Chris Barry Show, and I'm sure people remember that. That's when people used to go on the air and just call each other names for three hours. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, and nobody actually knew what they were actually talking about. I actually remember one night listening to it uh, for about 15 minutes, and there was two people calling each other all sorts of names that you wouldn't even repeat, even on a podcast. Oh, mine on the radio for the BAI. And in the 15 minutes away, I kind of went... What are they actually talking about? What is the debate? Well, I, I, I had no idea. It's funny because I used to, I used to, in my as a student, it was fun. as a student, I used to every so often come back with a few beers on, and we tune into the Chris Barry show. Yeah, and I'd be a bit confused because even with a few beers on, I'd be saying to my brother because we'd be back in the house together. Are they real or is there actors involved? Uh, so they, for example, uh, somebody uh, would go, hi, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, Dermot's on the line. Dermot, 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 Dermot go ahead. Gaze, what do you think? Uh, hi, hi, Chris. Yeah, I, I personally think they should all be burned at the stake. <laughs> sorry, sorry, burned at the stake. At the stake. At the stake. Yeah, burned at the stake. So you think they should be what? Burnt. At the what? The stake. Uh, so, Christ, so Dermot thinks they should be burned at the stake. Five, 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 one. What do you think? Burnt at the stake? That was the key, by the way. The key to those shows at that time was you would repeat the last line of the previous caller. So, uh, Jennifer, you're on the air. Dermot's just said that all gays should be burned to the stake. What do you think of that? I think that's bleeding disgraceful. So, that was the key to those shows. We're just pitting people constantly against each other. All right, well, then, first of all, can I just interrupt you there because I'm not aware of the mechanics behind those shows. But is it possible, without mentioning any names, that behind some of those shows, there may have been people who would be invited in to call? There may have been. Mm -hmm. There may have been people who have been asked, could you say a certain thing? Mm. Now, that was old school. And I can assure you that doesn't happen now, Mm. right? Because over the years, there's been too many instances of people being caught out in those kind of situations. So at that time, back in the 90s, the early part of 2000, that would have been the kind of thing that would have been done. And by the way, there wasn't anything too much wrong with it. It kind of stoked the debate a little bit. I understand. You know, yeah. And I think it was important that we talked about those issues because I look back, I still have a file with all the scripts that we used back in the 1990s. And some of those scripts, like when you read them now, you say to yourself, there's no possible way on earth. Like if I did this now, I would not only be cancelled, I'd actually be jailed. Well, I, well sorry, start I mean, from there then. Are you saying there's stuff years ago that you 
you could that you, you would talk about on the air, it and was, you would not talk about him now. Oh, no. give me one example. Absolutely not. Well, I mean, firstly, okay, you mentioned gay people, okay, yes. homophobic. So uh, the homophobic topics. Some of the stuff that we said then would be absolute incitement to hatred now. Mm. But at the time, it wouldn't have been considered that. It was you know, gay people were fair game. I mean, okay. you know, sex workers were fair game. Women were fair game. There was a topic we did. Is it all right for a woman to drink a pint out of a pint glass? Do you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, uh, no, no, absolutely not. What sort of woman would do that? I wouldn't be dating a woman. So what that you're would do saying that. is, there were subjects that were. Allowed to have two sides to an opinion of its time, of its time, of its, of its, time. Time. Of its extraordinary. time. But now, of course, if somebody and including here, hugely misogynistic, yeah. homophobic, absolutely, yeah, okay, so. And they were just that they were normal radio topics. If somebody came on the air today yeah. and said what you just said, mm. that I believe that gay people should be burned at the stake, first of all, you would dump the 10 second delay button and they'd never mm. get on the air again. Yeah. yeah. So, because that's clear incitement to hate. The BAI wouldn't, there's no way they could possibly defend something like that. Mm. Now, I've been, the BAI have been really good to me throughout the years. The show has evolved. I'll come to that in a second. But we've had numerous complaints. We had one guy who put in 117 complaints in the space of two weeks. Mm. We had to reply to everyone those complaints. Yes. Thankfully, the BAI will always reject them. And they've been good to me because they talk about what they call an audience expectation. Mm. So in other words, if you don't like what Niall Boylan says, don't bloody listen to him. And that's really what we've kind of got away with. All right. But it has evolved and it's evolved not just because I've evolved as a human being and Mm. my opinions change, of course. Mm. You're allowed to change your opinions. What really annoys me is when you hear somebody say, you know, about Piers Morgan, about any other presenter in the world, right? Or any radio presenter, TV presenter. Well, that's not what you said seven years ago. Mm. Or Leo Varadkar, for example, when he talked about marriage equality. Mm. Oh, Leo, you were in the doll there about 10 years ago. You said you didn't agree with gay people adopting children. That's right. People are allowed to change their minds. Oh, this is crazy. So it's like, hey, mate, that's not what you said 300 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Th- 300 years ago, we were allowed to burn them at the stake. Where do you stand on that now? Yeah, this is it. Because Leo lived in a society that was different 10 years correct, ago. Correct. So he was playing to the gallery. Well, Eamon Dunphy is one of the first people, in a sense, to to ma- make this that make the point you're making mainstream, and that is the idea of what he calls cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. The idea that you can hold either two differing opinions at your head at the same time. Absolutely, we can chew and walk, yeah. chew gum and walk Absolutely. at the same time, and we can also evolve and change our opinions over the time. Over time, so in other words, the idea of what if 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 circumstances around me change. And I still hold the same opinion. Doesn't that mean I'm a stupid person rather than just a, a, yeah, a yeah, personal yeah. principle? That's what it means. Well, really. I mean, and, and the problem is nowadays we've gone to the extreme when it comes to talk radio. Now, you have to be over careful what you say, because unfortunately, there's a small minority of people. And I'm going to say they are a small minority of people who will complain, but they're very loud. And that small minority, that loud minority, will get you taken off the air. Mm. And that's the unfortunate thing about it. So what we have in Ireland... How will they get you taken off the air, though? Because they... Well, we've seen recently people telling people to boycott sponsors of radio stations or that kind of stuff. So, you know, they have to make a commercial decision. Sure. You know what I mean? What we thought Boylan said, look, it was okay. Mm. Look, loads of people are telling our sponsors that we shouldn't sponsor a show anymore or they sponsor the radio station anymore. So we have to make a commercial decision here. Yeah, he's in breach of contract. He's brought the station into disrepute. Sure, let's get rid of him. Yes. So that's unfortunately what's happening in a lot of... And Ireland is so what really you're saying bad. that, in a sense, corporate interests are running scared. Absolutely, mm. of course they are. But they're running scared of minorities. Mm. It's not a majority. The majority mm. don't hold the view. Mm. Like, I'll give you an example. I don't believe there's any more than two genders. Mm-hmm. I believe there's two genders and that's it. Look, mm-hmm. I respect you. If you want to believe you're another gender, that's perfectly fine. I will respect that. Mm. Absolutely. But I don't believe it. I yeah. can't be forced to believe it. Mm. Like, for example, if somebody says to me, you know, I'm transgender. Not me personally. But if they say to me, I'm transgender. I said, that's fine. What do you want me to call you? Call me Sarah. Okay, I'll call you Sarah. I'll call you her. I'll respect you. That's fine. But I don't have to believe it. Mm. No more than if you said to me, "Are you? do you believe in God? 
Uh, oh boy, that is such a difficult question. Uh, we'll say no. Oh, well, well, if you did say yes, right? Okay. Yes. I respect your belief in God. Mm. I don't believe in God. Mm. I don't believe there's a God. Mm. But I would be appalled if you demanded that mm. I believed in God. Yes. In other words, I respect your belief in God, but I'd be appalled if you demanded that I believed in it too, just because you believe in it. Correct. But I think what, you, what, what, you've, what you've come to there is a kind, of a, uh, a, a kind of a Rubicon that we've crossed in our society. And that is that you said you respect other people for their views. Absolutely. Uh, even though you may disagree with them. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think there are, is a kind of a, a new ball game in town, and that is that it's, it's no longer acceptable to disagree with somebody's <laughs> point of view. Of course. <laughs> because yeah. by virtue of the fact that that disagreement is labelled an offence to the person that you are disagreeing with. And this is a, one of the problems we have. Well, we're that, seeing that on to, Twitter. That to disagree with yeah. somebody is to offend them. And so disagreement is com- being conflated with offence. I mean, you have to offend people to, get, I, to get to the truth. It, and you do have to offend yeah, people yeah. to create debate. It's like if you're the mayor of a small town yeah. and every week you decide on the new rules or laws of the town yeah. and you invite people in to vote on them every week, but you only allow the people in to vote who agree with you. Yeah. That's essentially what we're doing in society at the moment. And this is now being controlled by you know, social media companies, private companies, by Facebook, by Twitter, yes. by WhatsApp, by TikTok, or whatever it happens to be. They're the ones who decide the policy of the world, essentially, when it comes to conversation. And that has a huge impact on society. Social media has changed the world. Um, but in saying that... Your radio show. My radio show. I mean, I, I try my best all the time within the bounds of the BAI, I mean, within the codes of conduct of the BAI, I try my best to always speak the truth and always tell people what I'm thinking. Mm. Now, the BAI obviously says that, you, you know, you're meant to be, remain reasonably impartial. That doesn't mean you can't give an opinion. Mm. Of course you can give an opinion. Mm. Because Are if, you encouraged by your employers to give an opinion? Absolutely. Mm. Because if I didn't give an opinion, you wouldn't have a talk show. Do you regularly give an opinion on night? Well, no, you would. You, I you, would. You would, because you could facilitate yeah. an opinion and you could... But the, the reason I can give an opinion versus, say, Pat Kenny, mm. for example, is because I allow callers on to disagree with my opinion. Absolutely. So, in other words, my opinion, if you don't agree with it, you can challenge it. Exactly. And that's fine. So, so, you, there, so you, like, you, you like having your opinion being challenged. You present an opinion. Yeah. And by the way, I've often changed my mind. Okay. Halfway through a show, somebody would say something and I go, yeah, maybe you're right there. So I, I'm open. Um, so what is the difference between your show, let's say, and Joe Duffy's show? I think the difference is, between, I think Joe Duffy's show is more controlled. Uh, I'm not saying there's out of control. I control it. But I think Joe doesn't have the same control that I would have in the sense that obviously his producers, all, you know, 400 of them, are putting callers to him. He doesn't control the faders. I control the faders. Mm. I decide who can talk and who can't talk. Mm. So I lower down the faders or bring people in and out when I feel it's necessary. So I think I have more control in that sense of the show. But I think Joe's show is a more controlled show. In other words, mm. we're not going to let Johnny on who disagrees with lockdowns because that's not what RTE do. Mm. You know, we're not going to let Johnny on who disagrees with vaccines. Mm. Now, I'm a pro-vaccine person, mm. but I will listen to anti-vax people. Yes. You know, where Joe, no, we're not going to let them on. And if they do, they get on for five seconds, they'll be cut off. I'll actually listen to them, understand the yes. argument, and then bring somebody on who doesn't disagree with them, or I'll not disagree with them, and we'll, we'll bang it out. Yes. And I think that's the way debate has to work. And that's what I think the difference is between what I do. And look, it's been popular. Our books, yeah, our ratings many, have gone how, up. How many approximately people would be listening on a, on a, on a, on a, on a daily basis? Well, on a daily basis, 100,000 people. Mm. You know, so, I mean, it's not bad considering 
we're relatively new. We're the newest radio station in the country. Mm. Um, we're multi-city, so we're not national, uh, unlike, say, Today FM or unlike um, when News Talk would be quasi-national mm. or TV national. So we're multi-city. So we go out in Dublin, Limerick, Cork, Galway, Clare, uh, and a bit of uh, County Meath, uh, depending on how close they are to the transmitter. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so it's doing really, really well. You know what I mean? For, yes. the, for the size of the station it is and for the times okay. that we're in. How do you decide what is going to be the subject of your radio show tonight? Well, I have two producers, uh, Ashling and Ruth, and they will come up with a few ideas. Often I would disagree with them and often I would agree with them. And then a lot of the times I, I just observe life. Mm. I love observing yes. life. And there are certain things that I constantly will turn back to. Like, for example, Roderick O'Gorman was going to apologise today to people who were, were involved in illegal adoptions. That's something that's a bugbear of mine because I was born in Mother Maybe Home. Okay, yes, if that I'm comes come into the that, news, yeah. I'll always do that. Mm. You know, certain things. The daytime show is very different to the nighttime show. Yes. So there's a there is a, there is a small bit of you which is Howard Beale in Network, which you can walk down the street on your way into the show and you can go, guys, forget about the show. Today we're going to talk about legal adoption <laughs> yeah. because that's me. I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. Something along those lines. So you can actually almost go. This is what we're going to talk about today. Yes. Yeah. And, and the daytime show. We, we, like, and unless you're gone mad They'll go with you Yeah we'll, we'll talk to politicians Oh at the daytime show Was kind of anything We had a guy on today Whose motorbike was stolen uh, I talked about Roderick Gorman's statement I talked about an email That I got from a guy Who's dating a girl For the last two months But she's common Inverted commas And his mother wouldn't approve You know What should he do Should he dump her now Before it's too late uh, That kind of thing And then we did the thing About do grandparents Have an obligation To mind children A lot of social dilemmas Yeah okay you know I mean? And they work we, You'd be surprised At how that These are water cooler moments For people We call sure. them water cooler moments. Yep. So the one, say, for example, with the Southside boy who wants to date the common girl for the last two months and his mates are saying, get rid of her. She talks, look, a blue. So Northside, Southside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the one, those ones, they work best because yeah. you know after the show, people are going, did you hear about it today? What would you do? Like, what would you do if your son was dating some young one young from the yeah. inner city? So in a sense, though, there is a certain crossover, though, between what you might do and Joe Duffy might do. In other words, you might do similar topics. Oh, we do. Yeah. We do, but we do them very differently. Yeah. I mean, very, very differently. Yeah. You know, and, and does Joe offer an opinion? Rarely. Joe mm. is just, Joe just kind of sits there and goes, sure, sure, mm. sure, mm. sure, sure. He's more of a referee, really, isn't mm. he? You mm. know, so he just adjudicates. And I suppose that's in tandem with the... the, the, yeah. the I love the way they mention his name all the time. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, every caller. I'll tell you, Joe. I was out there, Joe. Well, it's your average Joe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I suppose that's in tandem with the, what the, the public service remit is. Well, it is. That I suppose it, he can't offer an opinion. I mean, well, I interviewed... Well, I mean, Jay Ryan offered I, an no, opinion. No, I did. I, I, I interviewed Ray Darcy on this podcast. Yeah. And at one stage I was talking to him about something and he went, Mario, oh, I told you, I told you, I can't say anything about anything. Went, what, what, what do you mean, Ray? And he went, I can't offer an opinion. I can't. I'm an RT. And I, but you can't, you not even say it here, Ray. And he went, no, I can't. I can't say it. But Ray, what's the point in being on the podcast? <laughs> I can't speak. <laughs> well, what are we poor doing Ray. here, Ray? Poor Ray. I always feel sorry for Ray. You know, something about, I mean, look, he's a lovely lad. I, I don't know. I met him many years ago because he lives in Kildare. Yeah. And he probably doesn't remember this, but I gave him a lift one night with a friend of his called Mech. He was going home and there two of them were looking for a lift off me in the car. And I met him once or twice at the awards. But he's a lovely man. But his, I've always felt there was something nervous about him. Do you ever get that impression from him? Yeah, he's, he's quite a, sensitive. He's a bit nervous looking. He, well, when he used to do the Rose of Tralee, yeah. I kind of felt like going up and giving him a hug. Yeah. You know that well, he's of, a sensitive soul, I think. Yeah, he is a nice fella. I, I, don't, I don't really know the chap. He's an acquaintance. I call him an acquaintance because we're all on radio together. <laughs> <laughs> I've only met you once or twice too in awards. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. but but it is it is in a sense the the thing you're in existing in an strange station though because mostly it plays music. 
Well, so you'll have like a situation where you have a probably a smooth talking DJ and he's there. That's Shania Twain there. And man, I feel like a woman. Coming up in a second, Niall Boylan's asking you, man, do you feel like a woman or are you a woman? It's transgender tonight on Niall Boylan. Well, see, the, the talk show obviously takes up, you know, four hours of the daytime, you know, remit, yeah. so to speak, which is, by the way, that's a remit, which is originally put in with the, the talk, the broad. The Broadcasting Authority, Authority right? Yeah. And that was in our license that we did a certain amount of talk. But in saying that, my show has the highest ratings on the radio station. Hmm. I mean, by far. Hmm. So in saying that, it's, it's obviously worth our while having it there. Yeah. Because don't get me wrong, music is great. But I worry for radio and the future of radio. Because talk radio will survive, particularly when you're talking about local issues, in, you know, in, say, a country like Ireland. Because, look, we're great talkers. We love gossip. And the more miserable, the better. That's why Joe survives so well. <laughs> you know, the more people that are dying, the better. But we love talk radio. But music radio, we can see that slowly but surely being eroded by Spotify, by, yeah. you know, iTunes or whatever it happens to be. So... I think for talk radio is going to be the survivor. I think music radio is going to struggle over the next five, ten years. Do you know that there are some people when I have guests on the radio, on the podcast here who listen into the show as we do the podcast, we have a live facility. Um, so one of them listening at the moment is actually Joe Duffy. He's not. He is. He oh, is. I no. think he's in his car. Oh, Say hello to him. Good afternoon. Or should I say good afternoon, Joe? Good afternoon welcome. to you. Good afternoon to you, Niall. Niall Bylan. Niall is on the line. How, how are you, Niall? Nice, nice to speak to you, Joe. Finally, Niall. yo, Joe. I've Niall. always looked up to you. One, Niall. one, one, one Niall. of my heroes. Niall. One of my heroes. Niall. 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 Yeah. Niall. I know you've looked up to me. You're quite a small lad. Yeah. Niall. 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 I've been listening to you on the podcast, and you're trying to describe that what you're doing is different to me. Yeah. So you're getting people on the phone. Yeah. You're getting people on the phone. Yeah. You're asking them a question. Yeah. They're answering you. Yeah. You're provoking a reaction. Yeah. Niall, what are you doing that's different to me? You're provoking hysteria. We're both hysteria merchants. Yeah. Isn't that right? Well, it is, Joe, but... Well, then why are you saying opposite? Well, but, but I'm, Joe... I'm in me car. I'm on my way in to do Liveline. I'm in me car. I'm halfway between... I'm halfway between Ballyferm and, and, and RTE. Or Clantarfers, where I live, of course. <laughs> and I'm listening to you. And, I, and Niall, I nearly crashed the car into a red, a red fire truck. Well, you know, well, you know well, I, really love, I, love, I love fire trucks. I love fire trucks, but... Can I say one thing to you? Come on, come on, come on, come yeah, on, yeah. go on, go well, on, go on. Well, well done that you've moved your way from Ballyferm to Clontarf. You've certainly moved up the ranks. Go on, go on, sure, I, sure. Yeah, but, but I'm just doing the things that you're afraid to do, that you're told you're not allowed to do anymore. But I'm, you know what I mean? I know you're, the, the inner Joe is in there. The inner and, Joe. Yeah, and he wants to talk about the things that I talk about. Go on. But he's not allowed. Go on, go on. So that, that's all I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to cover every angle that you're not allowed to cover. Why don't you come on my radio show someday? I'd love to. And we'll have it out. I'd love to. We'll have it out. I'd love to. Well, you give your opinion. And I'll go, we've got Niall on the line. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. And you'll give your opinion. And but I'll allow your opinion. But the problem is, I'll spend most of your show talking. Whereas you'll just go, sure, sure, sure. And then I'll take you off. Ah, right, okay. There you go. That's the way you do it with most people, isn't it? Well, no, no, no. You said that, not me. Now what? you're stoking controversy again. There you are, Noel Boylan. You heard them stoking controversy. I'm going to take out the money in your pocket. How much have you got? You've got a lot more than I have. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Yes, you won't talk about the money. Well, thank you very much. That was Joe. Great. Jesus. God, I mean, see the way he's paid too much. It's, isn't it's the irreversible, it's the irresistible force meets the immovable object. He's, going, he's buying a Rolls Royce next week. Is that right? Yeah. yeah he loves I'm, red fire trucks. Yeah, look. What's Red name? fire trucks is what I love. Let's talk about you. Yeah, me. You. Yeah. Because reading some of the notes that Patrick gave me, right? I mean, obviously, as I said, I was aware of your radio show. I was, I was, I was unaware of your own personal circumstances. I have the most complicated life in the world. Your life is reads. It's a book. Like a week, a week of your episodes on your radio show. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like good afternoon. Today we're talking about mother and baby homes. Oh shit, that's me. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's the important thing about doing the show that I do. 
a 25 year old couldn't do the show and I, I know disrespect 25 year olds because mm. of the have, life experience you need the life experience well you do have some life experience I have a lot of life experience alright let's start at the beginning I you was were, bought you were born in a mother and baby home and you were bought I was purchased yeah so I, I found the slip of paper where my father paid 300 pounds well, he donated 300 pounds to St. Patrick's Home on the Navan Road which has since burned down best place for it anyway I was born there and I spent I believe about 13 months of my life there um, because I've asked them recently for under disclosure for you know whatever information they have I got four bits of paper and the first thing you notice is on the first bit of paper that your registered date of birth and it has on the top Niall they even spelt my name wrong N-I-A-L right, right. only one L and they have on it illegitimate Right, so they would these kind of stigmatized words they use, like unmarried mother and yep. all those words they use in those days. So I was there, and then eventually, obviously, my parents were looking for a child because my mother had gone through a lot of miscarriages, and uh, she had a baby who died then as well. So they had gone through a fairly traumatic time, and um, so they decided to adopt. And obviously, I was they had my sister first, you know, the, the kind of normal way, and uh, then I was adopted. So they paid a donation of three hundred pounds. And when you look back now through history, and we we talk about the mother and baby homes and everything else. You think of how sad it was that you're actually purchased. These places were essentially baby factories. Yeah. You know, so we encouraged women who weren't married because you're an awful heathen and a horrible L woman that you should go in there and give away your baby. And we coerced them into signing off the babies. And mm. the proof of that is in the fact that we don't see adopted babies in Ireland anymore because now women in any sort of circumstance, and rightly so, are financially supported by the state, which is under the constitution of the country. So what was happening was essentially illegal because in the constitution, it clearly states that no woman should ever have to go to work to feed or provide for their children. So what we were doing was illegal at the time. But thankfully, we sorted that out with the social welfare system back in the 1980s. So you were adopted? Mm, from Mother Maybe Home. And grew up? I grew up in Edenmore. And County Offaly? No. Derry? No. Where? Edenmore? Rohini, Dublin. Edenmore? Uh, yeah. Eden- oh, uh, sorry, I've never heard of it. Edenmore. Yeah, my wife is from Rohini. Oh, you think you know so, wouldn't you? Betty Glenn is the only place I knew in Rohini. <laughs> you know Betty I know Glenn. Betty Glenn. It's down to the, the It's all Betty Glenn. It's a good one. <laughs> it's like, well, Not the shite one. Edenmore had a bit of a reputation, by the way. Oh, sorry. I didn't even know there was a place called Yeah, Edenmore. well, no. you probably wouldn't because most of its inhabitants at the time were probably Mount Joe Jail. But, but no, it was a kind of a rough joint. It's, I believe it's a lovely place Definitely. now. You know what I mean? But at the time, it was a kind of rough joint. And what was your dad and mum? My father worked in Aer Lingus. Uh, he was a technical stores manager. So yeah. the great thing about Aer Lingus at the time was, maybe I shouldn't say this, he's dead now, so it doesn't matter. They can't arrest him. But everybody was robbing the place blind, of course. <laughs> Aer Lingus at the time, all the staff robbed the place blind. That's how Aer Lingus were losing so much money and charging okay. so much money for flights. So we never had to buy toilet paper because we had a dispenser on the wall that had the sheets of like the greaseproof paper. You know, you wipe your arse on them. You'd like to cut your arse on them. We had, all the spoons in our house had Erlingus on them, right? So even when you invited people around, knives, forks, everything had Erlingus on them, right? And did you have little pre-packed meals that you used to get? It's like coming over for a dinner party at Niles. We didn't buy like, salt. There it is. Uh, peel that out of the tin foil there. We had sachets of salt and sugar, right? Little tiny vodka vodka bottles. And every wall was painted green. It was dreadful. Jesus Christ. People, did mean, they hand out scratch cards to you halfway through the... My dad arrived home in the middle of the day. I remember as a child, my dad arriving home in a van, an Erlingus van in the middle of the day, and unloading like window frames yeah. and wood. Your mum coming down. Your mum coming down with a dessert trolley halfway through, a little steel trolley. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're landing soon. Did you start dinner and tell people where the exits were in your house? So my she, my mum, of course, was a homemaker. My dad worked in Erlingus yeah. uh, all his life. When, when was, I was it a happy childhood? It was, yeah. yeah normalish. Well, yeah, normalish. But when I, you say normalish, well, my father, I always believe my father resented me. 
Yeah. Um, somewhat. As I, in, are you saying that? I sorry, I'm joking. Are you saying that the mum wanted you as the adopted, yes. and the father went, "Oh, jeez, I don't want one of them." I believe their marriage. You know, he wasn't. Don't get me wrong. He wasn't an abuser or anything no. like that. But I believe their marriage was in trouble by yeah. times and I think but was she the, the reason you yeah, came and, into their and, lives and you can you understand that, right? that. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can understand that I mean, they and did you love her oh, absolutely mm. and did uh, you get on absolutely I got on great my mother and, and can I ask the obvious stupid question did you love her like a mother yes absolutely in other words well I knew no better till I was 12 exactly well, that's yeah. what I'm saying so yeah. in other words in the environmental idea that nurture not nature yeah absolutely your mother is the person raised you you loved her absolutely yeah and she loved you and I did meet my biological mother which I'll come to in a minute but but I always felt that my father and I know he loved me mm. and I loved him mm. but I always felt that there was a kind of element of he's not mine you know and that was always in the back mm. of my mind as I got older obviously yeah. when I was younger I didn't realise yeah. that but that was always in my mind mm. and I remember the night that I was told my mother and father had a row I was lying in bed it was New Year's Eve I was 12 years of age and I still remember the night and at the time my father was a very heavy drinker he was an alcoholic mm. and you kind of went to bed before he got home he used to go to the pub late at night and you, so you knew he'd be home at half 11 so if it was holiday time and you were up late so he'd, he'd, go, he'd come home from work he'd come go home. to bed and then go to the pub no no he'd no. come home from work and he'd go to maybe a football meeting but my father was big into football by the way he was in uh, senior counsel of the FAI he was an international referee oh yeah oh, yeah. he was the first Irish referee to referee in the Spanish and British League whoa oh so he was big cool. big into football hmm. but um, he'd go to one of his football meetings in Parnell Square or Marion Square for the AUL or wherever it was and then he'd go off for a few drinks the car would drive itself home because he'd be pissed hmm. and well, you got to remember the time. Of I know, was, of course. Well, there used to be. Uh, there used to be. I mean, there used to be ads on Irish television even as early as late as the nineteen seventies. Going, remember, four or five is just enough. <laughs> don't <laughs> drive. Don't drive with more than five. I was in the car, with my father, and he was hammered. And I can remember the police stopping us once, and there was three of us in the back of the car. And the police said, I will just take the keys out, Frank. We leave the car at the police station. Can you come over come tomorrow and collect uh, Yeah, yeah. No, that, that I was know. the way it was. Oh, you'd be left sitting outside the pub with a pack of crisps and a bottle of lemonade. Yeah, so go on then. But so, so, yeah, I was 12 years of age. I heard them having a barney downstairs because you always tried to get to bed before you came home in case he was off his trolley. And I heard them fighting and she, she was saying to him, oh, don't, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Don't tell him. And he went, Noel, can you come down here for a minute, please? Shouted up the stairs. So I come down, you know. I was very quiet. I was very quiet. You wouldn't think it now, but I was very quiet individual. I kind of sat there. Yeah, sit down there for a minute. Um, something to tell you um, you're not my child and that's the way it was put to me hmm. and I went uh, what do you mean he said you're adopted and I went right okay you can go back up to bed now yeah, that's and my mother, a, that's, was, you know what, that's and my mother a, was sobbing I must say that's a very vivid impression I, I've there's so many men that talk like that yeah you can go back up to bed now. that was a great impression yeah. I, even though I've never met him or seen him I can yeah. imagine exactly the way he talked so my actually. mother was sobbing her brains out and nothing else was ever said about it again. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it just didn't happen. I was in the twilight zone. All right. So when I got to about 16 or 70 and I started really thinking about this because it started getting in on me then and I started going down to the registered births office, looking through files, getting onto St. Louise's Adoption Society. Mm. Um, you know, uh, there was a place out in Nexus House. At the time it wasn't called Tussle. I can't remember who it was, what it was called at the time. And it was so difficult to find any information. Mm. I didn't really get very much information. Mm. Eventually I found out through my own research who my mother was mm. and they arranged a meeting and it was the most bizarre thing. I met her in Dorset Street. A nun arranged the meeting in the end because I could have gone just knocking on her door. How are you doing? I'm Noel, I'm your son. But that probably didn't have went down well because she was married with three kids since then. So I don't know whether she told her family. So I, logical me said, you better not do that. Go on. And I was probably in my late 20s. So um, they arranged the meeting. But when she came in, there was an anticlimax. Mm-hmm. So I'd spent like 15 years researching this, trying mm-hmm. to figure this out. Mm-hmm. So excited by the whole thing. 
And then it was a big anticlimax because I don't have a relationship with her. Yeah. And she walked in and I went, hi. Um, yeah. And she said, can I give you a hug? I went, yeah. And it was kind of an off-putting hug. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird. Because I didn't have a relationship with her. Yeah. She's not actually my mother. What would you expect? Yeah, she's my biological yes. mother. You know, and I respect that. Without her, I wouldn't exist. Yeah. But she wasn't my mother. My mother's the person who raised me. Now, I met her three or four times after that. And the last time I met her was about five years ago. And she said to me, she's very old. She's since passed away. And she said to me, do you mind if I call you son? Mm-hmm. Do you, if you want to call me ma'am, you can. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, yeah. And it scared the life out of me. Calling her mum. Yeah. Mm. I didn't call her mum. No. It's too intimate. Yeah. No. And I haven't, I didn't see her did again. Did you call your adopted mum mum? Of course I did. Mm. Yeah. Um, she died about 10 years ago. Mm. But I spoke to her two days before she died. We were up and down to Tala Hospital all the mm. time because she was, but she told me so much in that two days before she died that she'd never told me before. Things mm. about, you know, her relationship with my dad mm. and why I was adopted. Mm. And have I, have you ever found out? And like, tell mm. me the truth. Did you mm. look? Did you look? Mm. And I told her everything that mm. I knew and I told her I met her. Mm. Even though I knew maybe that'll hurt her a mm. little bit, but it didn't. She was no. delighted. No. She was Good. actually delighted. Good. You know? A little bit of closure maybe yeah. for her. Yeah, but I found out since my biological mother has died. Yes. Um, which I only found out a year after she died. Yeah. Uh, somebody told me the people, her family didn't want to tell me mm. because nobody knew. So they didn't want me arriving. Did you have any role. sisters or brothers? Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm driving up about seven years ago. I was going away on holidays. The day before I went away on holidays. And Twistler rang me in the car. So I'm in the car. Hey, Niall, yeah. We, we, we were looking at the notes here. You met your mother back there a couple of few years ago. How'd you get on? Grand, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a tough time then. People gave up babies for adoption. Yeah. So everything all right with you? Yeah, everything's all right with me. Yeah, thanks. I'm going away on holidays tomorrow. Are you? Yeah. You're it's like a little conversation. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And she says, oh, by the way, you have a sister. <laughs> all right. And, and I says, What? She said, by the way, you have a sister. Now, Sorry. you've lived your life, right? Yeah. With, with various different people in your family, <laughs> dropping things to you really quickly. Your dad comes, I just want to tell you something. I'm on my way out for a point. By the way, you're adopted. Right? And then, oh, sorry, you're off on holidays. By the way, you have a sister. <laughs> and I says, why did nobody tell me this now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we omitted to tell you. You have a sister. I said, can you tell me who she is? Uh, no, we can't. We can't. And I went, right. So how old is she? Oh, yeah, she's a year younger than you. And I went, right. And where is she? Yeah, we can't tell you. Can't tell you. So I said, I went to bear. Next day, I'm on the radio. And I says, you never guessed the phone call I had yesterday. All right. So I did the whole thing on the air. Aww. The Daily Mail rang me straight after the yeah. show and said, can we cover that? I yeah. said, yeah, far away. I'm going away on holidays tomorrow. I don't care. <gasps> so they put me on the front page of the Daily Mail. I have a sister. Yeah. Right. And I'm away on holidays and I get a phone call from reception of the radio station that a woman in England has just rang. She saw the thing in the Daily Mail. Yeah. And she says, she's your sister. Yeah. So... I arranged to meet her. Uh, she came over to Dublin. We met. We went into Lily's, of all places. Uh, we had a nice meal out. Now, here's a Lily's. question for you. Did you get any, did you get any oh, na- nature vibe from her? Or was it cold like your mother? There was, there was, no, it, there was things. Like she'd stir her tea the same way as yeah. me. Or she'd eat her meal the same way yeah, as yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Eat loudly and stuff like that. Yeah. I was looking out for idiosyncrasies, but I couldn't really spot any. People said she did look like me. Uh, she, she actually does. Her name is Fran. Lovely woman, right? And she's a year younger than me. So she had gone to, you know, the, the Adoption Society and said, listen, I'm interested. If anyone comes forward, will you let me know? Years before this. But they never just put two and two together. Mm. This is how bad the system is in this country. Mm-hmm. They never put two and two together. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the, 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 fear, the worrying part of this. Mm-hmm. She lived around the corner from Betty's Glen. Mm-hmm. She lived around the corner in Rohini. She mm-hmm. lived not too, about a mile away from where I was raised. Mm-hmm. She was a year younger than me. We went to the same places. Oh. She had mutual friends. Oh, she went to Tamango on a regular basis where yeah. I was the DJ. Yeah. I could have ended up with her. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? How small the world is and how small Ireland is. I could have ended up with her. Could you imagine dating your own bloody sister? So all because people won't share information. Now, hopefully, Roderick Gorman's new tracing bill, which yeah. he's talking about today in the shadows, hopefully that will resolve that situation. Yeah. Hopefully. But mind you, they kicked it down the road so many times at this stage. Wow. Yeah, so it, it is like that whole adoption situation is it's a really crude part of our history, you know? Okay. 70,000 people in my position. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, really, really fascinating yeah. story. Just quickly, did you... How, how how have you dealt with that in your life in terms of your own in terms of your own mentality in terms of your own emotional well-being for example so do you think that do you think it feels all right with you or have for example have you ever had therapy to work through it or have you ever considered that or or I, do you think you're okay with it you know what i've considered it but i'm one of these paris people who think that when you go for therapy there's a weakness in you I, and maybe that's wrong it's really wrong of me mm. to think like that but I do believe, now I'm not a psychologist, so I don't mm. understand the psychology of it all. But I do believe that there's something, because I was in this moment. Sorry, when you say wrong, there's a weakness in you, what's wrong with weakness? I know, it's mm. this whole macho thing, isn't it? That lads just mm. don't talk. Well, it's true, that's true. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, but we don't look for help. We don't seek out but help. But isn't that part of the whole bre- the, wor- the Brezzy world we're now living oh, in? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, no, no, I mean, we can slag it. I slag yeah. Brian Boy Boat Club all the time, and I slag Brezzy, and I've had Brezzy on the thing. The only thing mm. was, while slagging it, while looking at them face to face and sitting down with them for an hour, I realised that a lot of what they're doing, while it is a way of making a living, they their hearts are in it. Yeah. And, and they are drawing attention to that thing that you're talking about. Blokes don't talk. It's a macho thing, isn't it? Well, of course. Yeah, well, it's a testosterone hormonal thing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, yeah. we all think we're stallions but running around soft. in a field with I mean, giant cocks. Absolutely. Contrary to the opinion people have of me being on the radio and this kind of argumentative fecker on the radio, controversial, shock jock, whatever they go and call me. I'm a very soft, sensitive person. And I believe that maybe a psychologist will verify this, but because I didn't, for the first, say, 13 months of my life, I was in a room, and I've seen pictures of these rooms with like 30 cots with little babies in it. And somebody would just come around and stuff a bottle in each one of their mouths, or whoever was available would breastfeed them, or whatever the way it was done, right? And you don't have the hugs and the cuddles as a baby. And I am probably the most insecure person you will ever meet. I mm-hmm. worry about everything, I'm paranoid to hell I worry am I going to have a job tomorrow will I have enough money for this can I provide you know and when I was married you know that was one of my main worries do you smoke oh I do yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, and is that does that is that part of where you get this amingly raspy (laughs) voice well I I remember I brought my son to hospital to get his tonsils out when he was two and I was sitting in the bed talking to the doctor and the doctor says "Uh, by the way you know you have polyps in your throat and I said, oh. And he says, yeah, I can hear it in your voice. He said, if you want to come into the day ward, I can remove those if you have private health insurance. Don't touch them fucking and he, polyps. And he said, he said, I'll have you sounding like you were 16 again. And no, said, don't touch them said, fucking polyps. I said, I'd be out of a job if you touch me oh, polyps. Oh, Jesus, absolutely. Dad, I'll be polyps. Absolutely. So, Brendan O'Connor's on the line, actually. He wants to talk to you. All right, okay. Say hello. How you doing, Brendan? How are you doing? I met you. Met you. I was on the cutting edge with you a couple of times, Brendan. Lovely man. I really enjoyed Lovely your man. opinions on the cutting edge. Really enjoyed it. Um, how do you get your hand on them polyps? Ah, uh, you just you just reach in and you pull at them. Okay, you just give them an old tug. I've tried developing a really dark, raspy voice. It hasn't worked out for you. Not really. No. So, would you put some of them polyps online on eBay or something? Yeah, twenty marble a day will do it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah twenty marble a day. <laughs> yeah. just, any ideas? How does it after COVID now? Because COVID oh, right. has kind of finished me show off, like really. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Any tips on? Have you nothing left to talk about no. now that COVID is gone? Well, I want to talk about COVID again, <laughs> you but you can't. You no, can't. I can't. It's gone. It's, it's gone. Kind of a bit. Yeah, give it up. 
You and the rest of the people in RTE. Talk to Claire Byrne. She loves talking about COVID. She loves talking about yourself. Sorry, there I go again. Give me one topic I could talk about besides COVID. Well, I have a really good topic for you. I knew a fellow once, right? Polyps? No. He was married to a girl with COVID. Sorry, that's still COVID. I know. Oh, sorry, so it is, yeah. Could we move off of COVID? <laughs> I'm losing listeners rapidly. You do talk about COVID a lot. Yeah, but when I'm, I'm just, Why uh, look, I'm asking you, is there something I can talk about besides COVID? No, I'm just saying maybe for therapy for you, you could get Claire Byrne in. Give me one thing talk about COVID besides COVID. Um, smoking. Great, thanks. That was great. Brilliant, brilliant. Let's move on, uh, Niall, and I'm going to ask you about your opinions later because you said you, I, I didn't actually realise that you were so forthcoming with opinions. I thought you were one more of a person who facilitated other people's opinions and kind of went, well, well, well I'm not sure. Myself, but you, well, you actually I have do a reputation for a name, Shock Shock, which I hate. Yeah, what is I, a no, shock, I hate, shock No, I hate the term. I don't understand it. I, I have it written it. down here and yeah. I still don't understand it. I don't, no, I hate the term. I actually hate but it. what is it? See, when I go on, I've been on GMB. Presumably a Shock Shock is... Uh, I, I do things just to shock people. Do what? You pull I, down your pants? I don't know. Show me Willie on the air or something. I don't know. But you don't. No. Sorry, but, but I mean, presumably a shock jock is somebody who says things to shock people. Yes. But that's... that's but you no, don't, no. really. So here's the situation. Like, any show I go on, to, Tonight Show, or Cutting Edge, or, you know, I've G, I'm on GMB. I've been on that yeah. regularly with Piers Morgan when he was on it. Yeah, yeah. And they always introduce, Niall Boyle and Irish shock jock. And I go, yeah. I'm not a bleeding shock jock. Will you stop calling yeah, me a shock jock? Mm. That kind of gives the impression that I say things on purpose just to get a rise out of exactly. me. Exactly. And I don't, I say no, them I because I really believe it. I understand. I yeah. understand. And I, and, I'm and, sorry, I get a bit frustrated there. Yeah, I, I, no, no, but I mean, it's not as if you're um, your man from Infowars or something. No, I'm not Alex Jones. No, yeah. No, I'm not a nutcase. No, exactly. I think there are times all the same. Th- no, but I think shock jock is kind of conflated with nutcases and, yeah. uh, at times. Now, but I do want to ask you about your personal life because um, I know you're, and I would only ask you about this because I know you've talked about it before. Mm. And, you're, mm. and that is the you know, the alopecia thing. Yeah. Fascinated by that as well. Well, see, yeah, well, at so, the time, I, well, yeah. see, I was bullied. That goes hand in hand with two Go different on. things, yeah. which was bullying in school. Yeah. So I was bullied in school by this guy called Fizz. Why? I don't oh, know. Just bullied because he just thought bullied. he was thought he was better than me. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I don't yeah. know. But he used to rob me cream crackers and me banana. So my mother would always give me a cream crackers and a banana going to school. And I don't know. Maybe Fizz was hungry or something. But he would find me. I would hide behind the prefabs, and he would find me. And I used to be terrified. So I'd sit there behind the prefabs, terrified. This guy Fizz was going to find me, and him and his mates would beat me up again mm. to take me money if I had maybe twenty pence because my yeah. mother might give me twenty pence now and again, or me rob me cream crackers and me and me mm. crisps or me banana. So eventually what happened was I got a patch on my head of hair missing. Mm. And my mother was going, huh? And even before that, I used to eat my pens and eat the, I used to eat my jumpers, yeah. the sleeves off my jumpers. I was a nervous wreck. And so you, I was seven. And as a person who's talked about being worried all the time, you're quite an anxious person. Absolutely. Yeah, and you were an anxious child. So I was seven years of age and I was a nervous wreck and I lost this patch on my head. So my mother used to bring me down to Temple Street Hospital where at the time the procedure for alopecia was we'd give them a load of injections into the head. So I used to get like 20 injections into this ball spot on my head mm. of cortisone. And I now have a big lump here. Cortisone, yeah. Uh, because it's called, the bone is actually healed mm. badly mm. where the injection was constant. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, bone scar. Mm. But anyway, so I went and it didn't cure it. And what, what happened was alopecia, because I've studied it since, because uh, I, I did a course in trichology, gets mm. worse the more you worry about it because the more you worry about it it is I mean one in 6,000 so people self-fulfilling have prophecy. alopecia yeah. and the more you worry about it the more you stress about it vicious the circle the mm. so the kids in class then start calling me patchhead mm. and, I, and now it's getting worse and then I remember one day I'm in school and the kids were calling me patchhead and I was crying and the teacher said what are you crying for boiling and I said 
call me Patchett. And he says, shut up crying and I'll pull the rest of it. And I said, now the teacher's bullying me as well. And it just got worse and worse. Mm. And eventually it all fell out. The whole lot of it, gone. And it grew back. I ended up then being a house hatcher for about what, four or what, five sorry, years. Sorry, what's that? <laughs> you never heard the term house No. It's <laughs> an Irish thing. You should know that. House hatcher, you just don't go out. You kind of stay in watching telly all day. <laughs> Chad, he's not. Don't call around to Boylan's house. He's not going to come out and play football. He's a house hatcher. <laughs> Very good. So I, I was a house hatcher for a good few years, and then it kind of grew back. So it was grand. I went back out again, started dating girls and all that kind of stuff. You know, I was fifteen or sixteen years of age. Then it fell out again. Yeah. Then it grew out, grew again. Then mm. it fell out again, mm. and eventually it fell out when I was about twenty-eight or twenty-nine. And when it fell out, it fell out. God, but well, alopecia looks mean? different. Look, I've no eyebrows. See? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that's Which true. Kind of frame your face. They true. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Your your your. I've no hair at all. The rim of your glasses is in the way of your yeah, eyebrow. Like, yeah, yeah. Nothing. Shaven chest. Women are begging for this, by the way. <laughs> Can I say because I don't have to shave anywhere. Right? Yeah. So I've no hair at all. So yeah. I'm alope- alopecia universalist, right? Um, and because I have this lump on my head, and because alope- so you have hair on your head now. No, that's your. No, this, may I ask what that is? Yeah, this is hair replacement. So it doesn't ah, like it doesn't come off, right? It's hair replacement. Yeah, now it's stuck on. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's hair replacement. You can put it if you want it. No, I won't. <laughs> it doesn't come off, and I tell you why. Where'd you get it? People often say, "Why didn't you just go?" You're not there yet. People often say, "Why didn't you just go bald naturally?" If you have the shadow, you know the dots from where hair yeah. used to be. It looks quite natural. It does, yeah. Yeah, but if you've alopecia, like what's his name from what's his face? What's the, oh, Little Britain? What's his name? Matt Luke. Matt Luke's. Does yeah. he have Luke? He has alopecia. Oh, okay. Okay, so you can see it's white. It's like this pink skin. Mm. It's very obvious. Mm. And in fact, I've no idea. But you eyebrows. had the holes. And then I have, the lo- I have a lump in my head. But you had the holes. Yeah. So and I, where did you get the hair restoration done? I, well, I, I, I opened up a clinic in 2007 because I felt other people like me were. <laughs> did you? Yeah. And a hair replacement clinic And it did really well We, we I mean, In fairness we Is catered, it closed now? Oh it's gone now We, <laughs> we, we, we catered for people With alopecia Or yeah. cancer Or all those things And yeah. we did this Kind of hair replacement yeah. Which is a custom made yeah. And obviously I did courses In it yeah. and everything I did courses in trichology Now I when I started Back on radio full time I handed the business Back over to somebody else Because I couldn't be Dealing and, with it And is, is, is that The colour of that hair Is that your hair? No No so that's I don't understand So it's hair Yeah So it's hair that's been implanted No it's, it's, so, okay, it's hair so, that's stuck on Yeah Yes So basically And did you choose the colour Or did you colour it No I choose the colour So you chose the colour Yeah Right And you can change it if you want to <laughs> I can yeah. Anytime if I, if I want to be bald tomorrow I can I want to be grey tomorrow I <laughs> yeah. can But imagine you can't just take yeah. it off So imagine there's, if you there's decided a way, there's a process It's so fashionable it. now for people to be bald And you just shaved your own bald head off <laughs> But Again there's a stigma around this And there's been a couple of individuals when I've been on television. And don't get me wrong, look, it's not perfect. You know, sometimes the back of it can be a little bit obvious. Yeah, yeah. It, because it is real proper hair, right? Yeah. But with hair, what happens is it goes dry. If it's not actually in your skin, mm. it doesn't have the natural yeah. oils. Oils. So it goes a bit dry and sometimes it can stick but out. But can you put oils in it yourself? You, yeah. So you can put like. When you can, but then oils. it'll start falling out if you put oils in. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because the oil loosens the gadgets. But, uh, but gadgets. Yeah, but but if, oh, sorry, there's gadgets involved. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm on television, right, and what pisses me off, right, mm-hmm. I'm on television, and you've got people, some reputable like journalists, who will turn around and say, 
See, boil on his opinions. Instead of talking about my opinion, he's got roadkill stapled to his head mm. or comments like that. Yeah, yeah. And I go, what? Like, is there something wrong with you? Like, mm. have a go at my opinion. Say what you want about my yeah, opinion. Yeah, no, it's low but, blow. And I would see, even, you know, when we were talking about COVID there, yeah. when I was having that opinion on COVID, I mean, I didn't like Stephen Donnelly, but I, I would never have a go at his appearance. There was mm. other people having a go at his appearance. Mm. About it. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't have a go at Leo Varadkar's mm. appearance. I would never go at anyone's yeah. appearance. I'll have a go at their opinion, the policies. Yeah. Why have a go at somebody's appearance? Mm. But look, it happens to me. And alopecia played a huge role in my life. And that also added to the insecurity, all the insecurities that I have. I went through, and I still do. Did you get sly? Uh, was I wrong about this? When you were at the radio awards? Oh, I was, yeah. And we, we, yeah. we, we with some yeah. little bollocks there as well? There was three little bollockses. Yeah? Yeah. I, look, I'm, I'm talking to the programme director of the radio station. I'm standing at the bar. We're having a chat. And there's three bollockses behind me. And one of them, I could hear one of them saying to the other one, Come on, pull it. Have a tug. Have a tug there. Mm. And next time I just felt this pulling on my hair. And I looked and the three of them were laughing. I looked back at the three of them were laughing. Mm. And I grabbed one of them, putting my arm around his, his shoulder. Now, not in a headlock. Mm. I, I said, do you know what? I've dealt with you people like you all my life. And I said, you don't bother me anymore. Mm. Now mm. I said, F off. Mm. You know, now the individual involved apologized to me. Mm. Which is good. Yeah, I'm, I'm a genuine, sincere apology. And that's nice. Yeah, and mm. said he was drunk. Yeah, and I would no accept excuse, all no apologies excuse. like that. Yeah. yeah. And so did you I, accept the apology? I, did, I, see, I put up, I was so annoyed. And I was so good by it. I left the awards early because I was just... I know. It took me back to a place. It yeah. took me back to being Turbine again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I put it up on Facebook at the time and uh, the individual kind of contacted me and said, look, you know, I really didn't realise all that and yep. I'm so sorry if I'd done that to you. And, I, you know, it's not like me. I and, I don't, and I don't think it's like the individual. You, I wouldn't be too hard on the guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. pissed, and and sometimes people are doing things to impress their mates as well. Oh yeah, yeah, you know I, I, mean? I, I think, think so. Yeah, I think when something happens to you, sometimes it's up to the person that it happens to. Sometimes, if the if they're strong yeah. enough yeah. to be the bigger person and kind of like, mm-hmm. you know walk away and go, ah, listen, mm-hmm. they've had their own problems, yeah. maybe yeah. you know. But I mean that that all adds see into the show. It feeds into the show too. Mm. And I'm not saying I use the show, but I do use the show. I suppose mm. I use the show to vent my own frustrations, yeah. angers, well, and my own things and tribulate trials and tribulations. Yeah. And as you said, life. and as you said, this is the thing we're talking about now that you've had such a, you've had such a, a hugely fucking eventful and in some ways full of tribulations yeah. um, existence. Not that it hasn't had twenty five year marriage and divorce as well. On top of that, yeah, exactly. Know. And and. What was this story about a call that saved uh, your life? Well, I was married for 25 years. Happily married, three beautiful children. Yeah. And I had no idea there was something wrong in my marriage. I can't go into why the marriage broke down. Okay. Because, because it's in divorce and it's Irish family law. Sure. And it's in camera. Of course. I can't go into the reasons why it broke down. But I don't think I did anything wrong. Mm. And I was devastated when I knew the marriage was going to break down mm. or had broken down. Mm. And I... It's not that I wanted my devastated. Ex. When you say devastated, like uh, worse than maybe anything that you can oh, remember. Yeah. Really, anything, anything fundamental. I, oh, anything I can remember in my life. Yeah, ever. Yeah, but it wasn't that I wanted my ex-wife back. That wasn't or that I, I was losing her. That wasn't really. That was part of it at the time. But I'm a family man. I'm a very conservative, probably person in some sense. Mm. I, I believe in mor- the good morals of the family and all that kind of thing. Mm. And I love the family. And I had the dream, like everybody else. You know, you meet someone, you get engaged, you get married, you have babies, you buy a house, or in that order, maybe not. Um, you, the babies grow up, they're 18, they leave the home, they go to college, they get a job, they have the grandchildren, they come and visit you, you leave the house, and when you die. I had that whole 
view of life. Yes. That's the view I had of life. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all that was just yeah. taken from yeah. under. Yeah. And the family unit was destroyed, yeah. broken up. Yeah. And the ramifications for children are appalling. Yeah. And I couldn't deal with it. Mm. I just couldn't deal with it. Were you drinking? No, I don't no. drink. You don't drink? No. Yeah. Never drink. Just smoked extra. Yeah. <laughs> An extra packet of cigarettes. Yeah. So I, I had a good friend of mine. I had spoken to her when I, you know, when the marriage started breaking down first. Uh, she's a female friend. I've known her for years. And uh, she would check in on me every night. She'd mm. ring me on the way home from work. And I remember I used to go into work and I'd be talking to my producer and I'd be in tears. Tears mm. would run down my face mm. down the car mm. park having a smoke with the producer's mm. show. And she'd be saying, put yourself together. Helena, she's an amazing woman. Mm. And um, she, she would manage to do, to produce everything because she knew I wasn't in the right mindset. Mm. But I'd still, I'd go in the door and I'd be breaking my side laughing on the air, talking mm. to the callers and having the crack and having the fun and talking about the serious topic. Yeah. It would just completely disappear. But it's amazing how humans can oh, yeah. comp- compartmentalize at Absolutely. times. Yeah, yeah. But then as soon as the show was over, it was back again. Yeah, yeah. It was back again. So in fact, the show was a relief, release. Absolutely. Because my boss used to say, you sure don't take some time off now. No, and you say, no, no keep me in no, the show. No, keep me in the show. It's the last thing I wanted to okay. time off. But so the, the trauma say, was there. Yeah, so th- this girl, she would ring me, you know, each evening and just check in on me, say, am I all right? Anyway, I was, one night it just, something had happened. I can't remember what mm. was happening. Maybe there was proof to the pudding of what was going on or whatever. Mm. Um, she rang me and I was up on Hoth Head and half an hour before that I decided to go for a walk on I mean, you know when you go up to the top of the yeah. car park yeah. I decided to walk along the car park or to walk out onto the walk this is like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning mm. and I was sitting there I sat down on this kind of muddy thing bush thing and I could see the cliff in front of me and it was like I don't know 300 foot drop mm. and I could see the, I could hear the waves and everything else it was pitch black but you could just see the light from the moon mm. and uh, I said right sure I said who would miss me Mm. I was genuinely thinking I just need it all to end I mm. can't deal with this I can't I just can't move forward with my life mm. that this the dream is over you know that mm. of you know leaving the house to your kids your kids growing up bringing mm. the grandchildren back all that that family the family is gone mm. and I just couldn't deal with it mm. and I'd say five minutes before I was going to do it she rang me mm. you alright I said no I'm up in Hoth Head what are you doing I said, uh, do you want me to come over to you? And she was in Kildare. And I said, no, I'll be fine. And she said, you're not fine. She said, I'll tell you now. She said, if you walk over the edge of that, she said, I'll personally come and I'll kill you. <laughs> and she yeah. lightened the mood yeah. and started talking to me again, telling me it'd be all right. Da, 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 da. And I was talking to her till, for about four hours uh, on the phone. I got back into the car and I went back home again. And I remember it was the most awful experience ever, you know. But the divorce took five years. And the one thing that really has to be said is family law in Ireland. I can't go into the case per se, but I'm divorced now since last July. But I can't go into the case, but it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. It's a travesty. I deserve compensation for what I've been through and the way the law treats people. And the, the, the way law treats people and in, individuals in these cases. Males or females or both? More males than females. Mm. Absolutely. The law. As fathers. Yeah, this is what John Waters was campaigning against many years ago as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Thankfully, my children are all older. Yeah, and I don't need access. But he was—he like he yeah. really had an issue with family law and mm-hmm. um, fathers' rights in this yeah. in this country. My children are all over twenty now. Yeah, and I'm very proud of them. You know, my son's doing really well actually. As I speak, he's in the Maldives on his holidays. Oh. so you know, and he's got a really good job. And mm. I'm, I'm delighted for my children yeah. that doing so well. Yeah, but it's when you decide to divorce, mm. you know. It, it, <laughs> It's hard to explain without going into it because I can't go into it yeah. and, and it's really frustrating. 
But when you decide to divorce somebody, you know, it should be just a case of, okay, what do you own? All right, there you go, 50-50, there you go, there you go, there you go. Mm. Instead, you have this person, be it male or female, there's only four or five judges, whatever, in the family law, mm. of course. And this person is deciding your future. Mm. They're deciding, they're making a decision, which to them is just a decision that day amongst yeah. many other decisions they make. Yeah. But it's deciding your future. And I don't believe they're trained properly to do that. Right. I just don't. Um, and I don't believe they're taking everything because they're, they're they're trained in the cold sterility of of mm. the law, yeah, but not in the the psychosocial uh, nature of families. Yeah, and actually, at one stage, I had to go to the district court for something, and part of it, an early stage in the divorce. Then it moves on to the circuit court, you know, but I had to go to the district court, and the judge was probably dealing with some lad who had no tax and insurance before yeah. in his car, and then I come along, yeah, and I'm. And, it's, and he's in a bad humour. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, whatever. Whatever he wants, give it to mm. him. Mm. Get it. You know, just, yeah, yeah. it's like, you feel like a criminal. You could walk in there with a, you know, a Gucci suit on mm. you, having 50 baths, and you still feel lousy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It just, <laughs> there's nothing you can do to make you feel any better in yeah. that situation. But the law is a mess in the way it deals. It allows these cases to drag on yeah. for years. Okay. You know what I mean? Well, that's, it, uh, that shouldn't happen. But all I can say is I wish you well on that, and mm. and you know it's it's pointless for you to go into it any any further. No, look, I've met the but, most beautiful woman now. Exactly. Oh, great! I've got a partner now. Um, she lives up in the north in the north of Ireland, and I'll be honest with you, I probably would have had a lot more episodes uh, like the one on Hotel if it wasn't for Karen. I met her as I said. You know, I met Karen about you know four or five months after I initiated uh, the separation and the divorce and everything else. And she was in court with me all the time. When I say in court, she's not allowed into court because it's family law, but she'd be outside waiting. She'd be there for me. It was somebody to talk to, somebody to reassure me everything was okay. She shared her home with me. She shared her life with me. She's done everything. Without her, I genuinely wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Karen. And she's the most amazing and beautiful woman. Brilliant. And I know she likes my sketches as well. She so loves your sketches. President Michael D. Hickens is saying hello to you as well, Karen. And I you know you enjoyed my sketch with um, Elon Musk and meeting him in my front garden and telling him, get off my lawn, Musk. And yes, so, so excellent. Karen. She listens to your sketches every morning. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Well, I am the president of I don't all. even have to listen to you. She tells me yes, every single morning what you're talking about. Thank you. And did Helena stay a friend of yours? Oh, Helena's still a friend of mine, yeah. She, she works on another radio station now. She moved on. She was my producer for you years. You mentioned the other radio station. Oh, I'm not, I keep forgetting that I'm, on, I'm not on radio anymore. You know when you're <laughs> on your own radio station? She works for News Talk now. Great, she works yeah. for Breakfast News, producing at Breakfast News Talk. She's a wonderful human being mm. and she was so good to me. She was so, so good to me because mm. she took on extra roles, yeah. essentially. She she took on a role that I should be should have been fulfilling yeah. at that time too. Niall, yes. um, I have more to do with you, but uh, uh, for now, I, I loved our conversation. Thank I'm glad you. you did. Thank you so much. You're welcome. But as I mentioned to Niall, his work was far from done. He kindly agreed to play a starring role in this week's brand new and exclusive Mario Rosenstock comedy sketch. Enjoy. Welcome along, Ireland's Classic Kids. Here we are on this Tuesday night. Now, I got a very interesting email that I'd love to have a chat with you about. And uh, John sent me in the email and he said he was out shopping. No, I was out shopping with the wife the other day. We were looking for a television and she spotted these lights with a camera on it. You know, the ones the girls use for only fans. And I said to her, well, what do you think of that? And she said, I wouldn't fancy doing that to make a bit of extra money. And I said, are you mad? You'd actually take your clothes off to make a bit of extra money. And she seemed really keen on it. I have to be honest now, I'd be disgusted. There's no way I would allow my wife to take her clothes off uh, in, on camera for other fellas to pedal at. So there's absolutely no way, Noel. I'm just wondering what your callers would think. 
Well, now, it is an interesting topic. And I don't know, how would you feel if your wife, your daughter, your mother decided to go on OnlyFans? Because it is mainly women that do it. There is some lads that do it. But mainly women. So how would you feel? Give us a call or give us a text. Do it now. 087-188-0008. And let us know, you know, would you be happy if your other half decided to take her kit off for the enjoyment of other men? Now, all right, we just let's go to a few callers if we can. Uh, Leo, you're on line one. Leo. Hi, I, I know. Uh, how are you doing, Leo? Good, yeah, I'm really enjoying your show. Leo, how would you feel if your other half decided, you know, I'm going to get my kid off for money? Uh, well, he doesn't actually take his kid off for money, but actually, uh, I've, I'm kind of interested in taking my top off. Oh, right. At right. Times, uh, I was in the Phoenix Park there a couple of years ago, and um, I took my top off, and uh, somebody actually gave me 50 cents. <laughs> oh, very good, yeah, very so, good. Uh, very they good. said, have you ever tried OnlyFans? All right. So uh, I was thinking of him, um, if I took my top off a bit more... You uh, might get a bit of money. Yeah, there's a friend of mine who I work with. I think with. I've seen that picture of you. There's top a friend of mine who I work with uh, called Pascal. Right. Uh, and actually, he, he logs on and, uh, oh, right. and, and watches me. Uh, uh, He's got think, plenty of money, yeah, hasn't he? I think yeah. he has a good bit of a pedal as well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, right. So, uh, I, I, I just personally, I think it's you know each man to his own. Absolutely. Every man to whatever he wants. But do you think there's a bit of a stigma? Do you think people really want to see your bare chest? That would be different. I, I really hope there's a stigma. Yeah. a stigma. Yeah. I don't. I, I mean, you don't. Oh, sorry. I thought I thought you were talking about a growth or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no I have I'm, no stigmas. No, I, my I mean, chest is hairless, like yourself. Yeah, yeah, but you don't really have a. You know, you wouldn't really have the six pack, would you, first? Um. Well, you know, it's all about how you work at things. You know. Yeah. Well, let, let me just bring another caller if I can. Stay okay. with me there, Leo, for just a second. George, you're in Fox Rock. You're in Ireland's classic hits. How you doing, George? Yeah, loving the show. Absolutely loving the show. It's great to be able to talk in a libertarian way. Just. Get it off your chest. Um, I was thinking of going on OnlyFans as well. Really? But At not, your age? But not to show my dodger. Right. I want to show demons people to pay right. for my naked opinion. Oh, very good. Never thought of that. I don't think they want to hear you. I think they want to see you, George. OnlyFans opinion. Yeah, right. George. Right. That's what I want. Right. By the way, could you put me in touch with that hair removal place? <laughs> right. Hair restoration. No, that, Is that clinic of yours still open? Uh, well, that's for adding the hair, not taking it away. No, I want to add it, you <laughs> see. All right, I yeah, see. Yeah. It'll make you look younger anyway, George, and maybe then right. you could go on OnlyFans. But you, you've been listening to Leo there. He likes to go for a prance around, or sorry, a walk around I'd the park. i for that. Uh-huh. Would you? I would. I'd love a look of Leo. Would you? I like a bit of Finnegale. All <laughs> oh, right. Okay, well, let me just go to another call. Let's just get a female perspective on this because I think it's interesting to get the female perspective. So, lads, hang on with me. Joan, you're in Dublin West. How are you doing, Joan? You're Hi, Niall. Hi, Joan. I love the show. I'm glad. Brilliant. And um, can I just say that I've been on OnlyFans now for three years. Have you? Yes. Are you making any money? No. Do you owe the money? Yes. <laughs> I can imagine, yes. So I'm it wondering... hasn't been working out well. <laughs> Do you, have you got any fans at all? I think it's because that's how I lost my seat in the last election. Because I was showing my seat. <laughs> oh, right, I see. So did you get any fans at all? None. No, right, okay. Maybe you could promote it a bit better no. on your social media. Give me your log on details. I'd have a look at that. Maybe Leo might want to have a look. He'll subscribe to you. No, thanks, no. All right, okay, okay. I've just made one. Well, okay. Well, I'd look at George's, though. Right, okay. You probably would. Obviously, Joan is a woman. Yeah, let's go to a younger man. Well, he's not really a younger man, is he? Uh, Matt, how you doing? You're from Cork. You're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Matt? How you doing, Noel? How um, you doing, Matt? Do you know, I was thinking of um, actually growing back my mullet. 
Where? Uh, would they pay to say that? I wonder? Uh, no, no. I think it has to be parts of your body. Right, but is a mullet not a part of my body? Uh, not essentially. It's more of an extension to your body. It. Not no, all of us. No, not, not all of us have hair extensions now. <laughs> well, I understand that. It's a bit unfair of you to categorise everybody as having hair that's extensions. That would be offensive. My hair it? is my own. Absolutely. Well, I'm delighted to oh, hear that. Okay. But maybe, maybe I suppose you could show them a bit of leg mat. Joan did that. It didn't work know. out for her, but you know, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, show them a little bit of leg maybe or Does something. Any mullet for only fans I'll do it. Right, okay. I'm looking at some of the texts coming in. Somebody says, No, I'd rather not see any of Leo's chest, to be honest with you. And as for George, he's a little bit old. Joan, on the other hand, maybe sure I'd give it a try if I did it with a blindfold on. And as for Matt, I don't know, I think he's too much of a liberal to take his clothes off in the first place. He might offend people. And fair play to Niall for being a great sport. And what a performer he is. Isn't he a fascinating guy? Make sure to tune in to Classic Hits to hear him doing his thing on air. Maybe not too much, because you should listen to me on Today FM as well when you get a chance with Ian Dempsey in the mornings. Um, Listen, thanks for listening. Um, It's been a pleasure um, uh, doing this episode this week with Niall. Uh, Thanks to Niall. Thanks to um, everybody um, for listening. And I'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.